0: Zephaniah. Somebody help me find it. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah 3. right before Haggai, if that helps. Right. Yeah. We've been studying the names of Jesus as they are found in the pages of Scripture. And this morning. We want to look at Jesus Christ who is called the Just One. The Just One. And I like that He's not, He's not just the just. He's not only the just. He's the just one. Because that's how many just persons there are. One. Just one. If you're looking for justice, you're gonna to have to go to Him. If you're looking for someone who treats others as they should be treated, you're going to have to go to him. If you're going to look to someone or find someone who's going to do the right thing, always, you're going to have to go to Jesus. He is the just one. People go to our courts to demand justice. They go to authority figures to demand justice. They, they protest when they feel that they have not been treated Justly, But everyone to whom you appeal but Jesus is in some way or another prejudiced or corrupted or incapable oh, of righting the right. wrongs. There is only one who is just. Now, we're going to first look at the Old Testament and establish that God is just. And then we'll look at the New Testament and see that as Jesus came to this earth, he was made. He was titled, he was designated the just one and proved one more time, as we've seen so often in our study, that Jesus Christ is indeed God manifest in the flesh. Father, bless your word to our hearts this morning. Help us to understand and comprehend it. Help us to love you and honor you and respect you and worship you. You deserve it. You are worthy of it. Father, so often we fail to see our need give our hearts fully over to you. We pray that you help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Bible says in Zephaniah chapter number 3 and verse 5, the just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not. But the unjust knoweth no shame. Now, the Lord does two things in this verse. One, he he defines for us what it is to be just. And then he points out to us how far short man who is not like God comes of his holiness. God is just because he will not do iniquity. For a bride, he will not do iniquity. Under pressure, he will not do iniquity. For self-advantage, he will not do iniquity. Out of favoritism, he will not do iniquity. Under no circumstances will our God ever do that which is not right. He is just. Iniquity is not part of who he is. He cannot, he does not, he will not ever sin. Then when comparing man's injustice to God's justice, he says, the unjust knoweth no shame. Not only do we sin, we are not ashamed when we do. Not only do all of us commit iniquity, but seldom do we blush or fear or repent having done so. We live in a society that's not only full of wrongdoing, it's full of every imaginable excuse for having done wrong. It's full of every, every finger-pointing blame as to whose fault it is that I am at fault. And, and, and the, the, Jehovah's the last thing you ever see in this day and time is someone repentant before God, someone sorrowful for their sin. So the Lord looks down upon upon mankind. He says in Jeremiah three five, not only will I not do iniquity, but when you do iniquity, it doesn't even seem to bother you. Isn't it remarkable? Just if if you're if you're fifty and older this morning, you might have to raise your hand. But if you're fifty and older this morning, can, you could make a list as long as your arm of things that people once considered shameful, that are now considered either entertainment or part of the culture. What has happened to a nation that no longer sees any shame in in all the, the manifold forms of immorality and of violence and of perversion that you're supposed to accept as being normal, in the day and age in which we live. And so, the Lord, He's just. Man is not only unjust, but He's unjust without seeming to be bothered by it. Look in your Bible again. well, Let's, let's uh, go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Fifth look in your Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, chapter number 32. The Lord is just. Deuteronomy 32. Let's start reading at verse number 3. Deuteronomy 32.3. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity... Just and right is he. Now, let's, let's take a man at his best state. Can you not say, I can say, I'm sure you could if you're honest. Can you not say there are times when you want to do the right thing, but you're not certain what it is. There are times when you thought you did the right thing, but as more information came in or as circumstances unfolded, you found out, that well, I, I, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done it that way. Even when we are trying to do right, we often find ourselves unfamiliar with what right actually is. Many times we uh, we sit down, I was talking to Matt yesterday, and he's, he's uh, considering pastoral ministry, and he said, he said brother, what do I do in this situation? What do I do in that situation? I said, whatever situation you're in, you must move slowly because no matter how much information you think you have, there's always something you don't have. No matter how much of the story you think you've heard, there's always a part of the story you haven't heard. And so we want to act justly in our relationships, and we want to act justly in situations and circumstances, and often we do the best we know to do, but then here comes something in you are not told about. Here comes something in you weren't aware of. Now, there is a God sitting in heaven who not only wants to do right, he has all the information necessary to do right toward every person in every situation. He is just and he is right. What a blessing. God, God never, never has to come back and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I would have done that differently if I had only known. But he does know. He said, Well, you didn't tell me that part. If I had known about that part, I would have said this instead of that. Never once. Has God been incorrect in judgment because he didn't know what the right thing was to do? How many, how many of you have said, you, you, you reached a point in your life and said, if I could go back and do that again, right? if I could go back and be in that situation again, if I had that choice to make again, not one time has God ever said, you know, I raised my kids different if I start over again. Not one time has God ever said, I've taken that job, not that job, if I had it to do over again. God, if he had it to do over again, would do everything he's done because he's, everything he's done has been right. That's what it is to be just. It is to make the right decision, to take the right course of action every time. That's our God. Now the Bible says, come to the middle of your Bible, Isaiah 45. Isaiah chapter 45. One last look at the justice of our God. Isaiah 45, verse 20. Isaiah 45, 20. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nation. Have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image, and pray unto a god that cannot save. <laughs> now, wood, porcelain, stone, plastic, invisible, imaginary—it doesn't matter. Talk to the people who say all religions are the same. Talk to the people who say it doesn't matter which god you worship as long as you worship a god. Ask them. When did your God save you from your sins? None of them will even profess that their God can save them from their sins. It's not even part of the religion. It's it's not part of the equation. It's not discussed. Take one. Oh, you follow Allah? Wonderful. And Muhammad is his prophet? Yes, great. What did Allah do to pay for your sins? What did Muhammad do to take away your sins? And the these the conversation shifts away from those questions because there is nothing in the Quran from start to finish that addresses the payment for your sins. Why would you pray to? A, why would you, a sinner, pray to a God who can't take away sins? The next verse says, verse twenty one: Tell ye. And bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who had declared this from ancient time? Who had told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. I am God and there is none else. So the Lord says... This is right. You in the Far East, listen. This is right. You in the dark continent, listen to me. This is right. You in the jungles of the Amazon, listen. This is right. You in the cities of America, only I can deal justly with your sin. And only I can save you from your sin. God said, this is right. I'm declaring to you what is right. I am the only Savior available to you. If you want to be saved, you will have to look unto me. There's no salvation anywhere else. Now, before you argue and say, I don't think that's right, read the Vedas. (laughs) Study Buddhism. Look into the theories and philosophies of of, of the the mythological uh, cultures. Look at the Book of Mormon and pursue its doctrine and covenants. Examine and have a Bible study with the Jehovah's Witnesses. When you are finished, none of them will tell you your sins are all forgiven and you have eternal life. They make no such claim because they cannot... I'm not speaking critically of people's religion. I am declaring to you the truth from Isaiah 45. Two people standing at the door with a briefcase. What are you here for? Well, we have a Bible study about the kingdom. When we're finished, will I have eternal life and will all my sins be forgiven? No. Right, right, the Next day, two boys come up on their bicycles. Hi, we're here to talk to you about a, another testament of Jesus Christ. When we're finished, will all my sins be forgiven will I have eternal life? Well, no. No, right. right, right go to the the next funeral that is held at St. Peter's and ask the priest why we have to pay for masses for mother when she did everything your church told her to do. How come she's not in heaven? Because there's nobody but the God of the Bible who can take away your sins and save your soul. By their own testimony, the other gods and the other religions cannot save you. It's not like criticism, it's their testimony. You don't believe it? Ask them. Ask them. How can, how can I have sins forgiven? Well, nobody can know that for sure. I know it. You know for sure your sins forgiven. Because our God saves. Nobody else's God can save you. Right. Never even offered to. Alright, let's go to another of these books you were just looking at yesterday: Zechariah. It's not Zephaniah, but he starts with the same letter and lives in the same neighborhood. Almost to the end of the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 9. This God who is just, this God who is the only one who saves, made a promise in Zechariah 9 that he would do something that would, quite honestly, boggle the minds of men. I'm not sure what a boggle is, but I know what it's like to have your mind boggled. It's like when something is out of whack. I've never I've never been on a job where Bob the Builder looked at something and said, Yep, yeah, that's whack. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not right, it's out of whack, but it's, if it's right, nobody says it's whack. <laughs> now if your mind is boggled, somebody might say you're whacked, but I think that's something that's whack entirely different. And if you don't pay your drug dealer, you might get whacked in a total different fashion. So the English language is really tough. It's not an easy language. But the Lord made a promise in Zechariah chapter 9 about the just God. Now there's only one that's just, and that's God, correct? We saw that. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto me. He is just. I have seen that. Having salvation, we've seen that. Lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Now you've got to admit, suppose you didn't have the New Testament. Suppose you didn't know anything about the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ. Suppose you weren't living in a nation full of churches and Christianity. All you had
1: was the Old Testament,
0: your prophets, your laws, your trips to the synagogue. And you know there's a God who is just and only one. You know that God is a savior and only one. And the prophet says, yes, and you know what? that God is going to come to your city and ride on a donkey like a lowly man. Now, come on. If you didn't have the information we have today, how would you possibly take that in? Who could comprehend that the God who created the heavens and the earth and is the just Savior is going to come down to this earth like a man and ride on a beast of burden through the streets of Jerusalem as the people rejoice and watch him ride by. What an advantage we have in living on this side of the cross, in living in a day and age when we have a New Testament in our hands, And we've read about the life of Jesus Christ. We've read about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we've read about that day that churches have come to call Palm Sunday. When the Lord Jesus Christ sent his disciples out to find a cult upon which never a man had ridden. And they brought that colt and Jesus sat upon that colt and rode through the streets of Jerusalem while the people rejoiced, waved palm branches and threw their garments in the way and shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna! They are looking at a man riding on a donkey and saying,
1: Praise
0: be to God most high! They live to see the fulfillment of this strange prophecy in Zechariah that the just and holy God would ride into their town like a man. What an amazing thing. And yet that's exactly what the scripture said. Come to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. Just a few short days after Jesus made that triumphal entry the people shouted and praised their God. As he rode past them on that colt, the fold of an ass, he is standing in the pile of judgment hall. The same mob stirred and incited to riot and calling for his death. And, and the false witnesses come in and the scribes and the Pharisees come in and the accusers come in. And as that trial runs its course, the Bible says in Matthew 27 and verse number 19, and when he was sat down in the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Verse number 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. The man who sat in the judge's seat was required to be just. The man who heard the trial and weighed the evidence was required to be without an Pilate said, I have heard your witnesses, they are unjust. I have heard your accusations, they are unjust. I have heard the cries of the mob, they are unjust. This man is just. I find no fault in him. Have you examined Jesus Christ? If you examine the charges made against him, if you examine the lies told about him, if you examine the accusations made by his critics, and then if you compare them to what the Bible says he actually did and what he actually said and how he actually loved and how he actually healed and how he actually ministered and how he actually spoke only the truth, and if you come to the conclusion I have, this is a just man. He's righteous. His accusers, unrighteous. Ungodly men who know no shame. But I wash my hands to declare to you, I'm dirty. He's clean. And I have been defiled by my dealings with you in an attempt to condemn this just man. How about that? I've often wondered, sometimes I... Speculate, maybe you do too. I, I, I try to think about things that aren't expressly written in the Bible, and, and this isn't written in the Bible. This is just something I've wondered about. Pilate is sitting on this judgment seat, high and lifted up, and Jesus is standing, beaten and bloodied and bound before him. And Pilate is sitting. Pilate, with insufficient knowledge, is sitting in judgment of the Creator. And I wonder as his wife walked in the room at just that moment, if she wasn't shocked having just had a dream where the roles were reversed, and she saw that same Jesus sitting on a great white throne, and Pilate standing before him, the guilty man being judged by the man who knew all things. And she ran to her husband and said, whatever you do, leave this one alone. He's just. Now look what the Bible says in verse 19. She says, I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. You don't often equate dreams with suffering. But when she woke up, she was afraid. And when she walked in that judgment hall and saw her husband sitting in judgment on Jesus, she was compelled to tell him, you better leave that man alone. I'm going to tell you something. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, Jesus loves you. He loved you enough to shed his blood to pay for your sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you could be saved just by believing on him but you better not get the roles reversed and think yourself sitting in judgment on Jesus you better turn that thing around because quite honestly there are still things about Jesus you don't know but he knows everything about you right there's information you've heard about the Lord that might prove to be incorrect. You might one day have to eat those words you said in criticism of Him or finding fault of Him. But He's never been mistaken about you. He's the just one. And though He loves us enough to die for us, He will do what's right. He's just. Alright, let's turn to the Bibles. We've got a couple more stops to make. Let's turn about in the book of Acts, chapter number 3. Acts, chapter number 3. Acts, chapter 3. Verse number 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, that glorified His Son, Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate. We just read that. When he was determined to let him go. But he denied the Holy One and the just. See the capital J? The justice of God became a person the just God was manifest in a body of flesh. And these people saw him, heard him, followed him, witnessed his miracles, and denied him. He denied the Holy One the just and desired a murder who he granted unto you. And killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. It was not just That he should die. And so he rose from the dead. It is just that we should die. And so he died in our place. See, people who don't believe in a God of judgment will never get saved. People who only believe in a God of love will never get saved. God is love. But but look, if I am ungodly and I sin without being ashamed, that sin must be paid for. If I don't believe that God is just and will judge sin, I will never seek the payment, the Savior, The the sacrifice that was made to pay for my sin. Come on, witness the ten people this week. You you know, you need Jesus. I just believe God loves me. He does love you. But he's just. He's going to do right. Right. Sin must be paid for. So the just one paid for our sin. So that the justice of God could be satisfied. And now the love of God can save you. People want to be saved by the love of God. bypassing the justice of God. It cannot be done. Right. Cannot be done. The just one died, was buried, rose again. Do you know him? Have you trusted him? Justice is coming. Knowing justice was coming, I fled to the just one. And he paid for my sin. Praise God. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter number 7. Acts chapter 7. Verse number 51. 751. Ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them and showed before of the coming of the just one. You know how many just ones there are? Just one. Just one. There's just one. Just. just one. That's Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross because it was right, say, justice that sin be paid for. He loved you enough to pay for your sin so that he could satisfy justice. And you would not have to make that payment yourself. The Bible says the rest of the verse <laughs> are, fit, are fit be been now betrayers and murderers who have received the law of this specific and have not kept it. So the just one. Now, one more stop. First Peter. First Peter chapter three. <clears throat> first Peter chapter three. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a confession to you this morning probably won't be shocking. But I'd like for you to hear it. At times in my life I have been unjust.
1: There have been times in my life when I have not
0: done the right thing. I feel like I'm all by myself in this. Is there anybody here who, like me, has at some time in their life not done the right thing? Okay. Would, would, it, would it be, I'm not trying to be insulting, would you agree with me that we are unjust? See, this way. This way, so few people are getting saved today. They don't want to be gentle, be so negative. You have to be honest, or you can't be saved. Everybody knows. There was, a, there was a, a girl, I think she's a girl, she was trying not to be a girl. But it was not about finding a cardboard sign it bothered her that she was a girl. She had a cardboard sign and it said, judge not lest, be not, lest ye be not judged, or something like that. She didn't get the verse right because she'd never seen the verse. She was, was it. And it was pointed out to her that the reason she was holding that sign was because she was judging us. I mean, she didn't take that sign to the bar with her when she left. She didn't take that sign to the gas station with her when she got gas. the only reason she had that sign was because she was being judgmental. Now, we all do that. And we're all unjust in our judgment from time to time. But there is a just one who always does right. Right? So watch this. 1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ has, has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. How about that? See, I'm standing over here unjust, and over there is God who is just. And an unjust man cannot come to a just God unless the just God became a man and paid for the sin so God's justice is satisfied. And now God can reach out to me in love and say, Having paid for all your sin, if you will allow me, I will bring you to God. On that cross, the only one who is just paid the penalty for all of us who are unjust. And we can come to God by Him, but we can only come to God by Him. Now I'm going to say this, and I'm, 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 I'm not being mean spirited. I'm, I'm trying to help modern Americans understand <laughs> if I ask you if you are saved and you tell me that you have been confirmed and catechized and you will perform all the sacraments I must follow up with another question did that sufficiently pay for all your sins well I don't think that your religion is vain <laughs> after you have made your pilgrimages and after you have have done all these other things, when you finally blow yourself up in a restaurant has that paid for all of your sins? Well it's jihad It's so I didn't ask you that and if it hasn't paid for all your sins, your religion is in vain and we can go down the list and name every religion in out to you that none of them can bring justice the justice demanded by a holy God but the just one God manifest in the flesh made full payment with his blood for all sin so that God's justice is satisfied and so that God's love may be offered and it is only, it is only through Jesus' Christ that you can be saved. Right. Like one more, maybe one more. It's early. It's not even eleven thirty. If I hurry up, you can get there before any crowds in the direction. It's. I've said this so many times. It's hard to teach the Bible in this generation because everything that used to be a biblical foundation of our society right. is gone. Right. But here's how it was in the good old days. My mother would pack a lunch. She would put us on our bicycles and send us off to Fall Street Elementary School. And the teacher would stand in front of the class and say, "These are the times tables." Will learn them. If you don't learn them, you will fail the test. If you continue to be unable to do the times tables, you will fail the class. And you will repeat third grade, fourth grade, whatever it was. And she would be able to point to one or two students in your class as proof because they were five or six inches taller than you. Because they didn't pass. The only good thing about that is you can pick up on your team at Phys Ed and just pop up and the the and And so when you stood in a pulpit in 1968 and said, If you don't trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to get into heaven. Everybody understood that just because mom loves you and dad loves you and the teacher likes you, you're not getting a pass. Everybody understood that? Today we're talking to people who eat well without working. Right. Today you're talking to people who have high school diplomas without being able to read. Today you're talking to people with, with 48 arrests on their record who haven't done any jail time. And you're trying to warn them about justice. They've never seen justice in their life. You're trying to warn them about consequences. There's never been any consequences. There's just been people to blame. We live in a day and time when you didn't foolishly fall off the sidewalk because you were walking and texting at the same time. Oh no, the DOT didn't have a guardrail on. You're entitled to fifty thousand dollars at least. Nothing's your fault anymore. It's it's you're the people. It's those automatons and robots that run the corporations and the people need to sue. Anyway, God is not going to let you go to second grade if you can't read, even if he likes you. God is not going to let you go into combat in the Marine Corps, even if you can't do pull-ups. God is not going... Look, we can just go down the list. It's hard to get people in our society to understand God is just. Yes. These are the requirements. Faith in Jesus Christ or you don't get to God. That's it. Look God loves me. He does. But he's just. I thought, Jesus loved everybody. He does, but he's just. The just one died on the cross to pay for our injustices. If we don't trust him, we're not saved. If we do trust him, he will save us. Those are the rules. Amen. And... I like them Why would you argue against that? I can't be good. You can't be good. Nobody can be good. God's made a way for people who can't be good to get to heaven. I'll take that. I rejoice in that. It doesn't offend me. Well, the Bible says you're a sinner. That's going to make me angry. Everybody I know knows I'm a sinner. Just, dying for the unjust, that he might.